Well, good morning. Good morning. Having a camp day today. Camp morning. We've got from now until 12 to talk. Some of you were in the training this weekend, and some of you were not in this particular training. I'm sure you had your own training this weekend. But um, we had an, a number of different ideas about what we could together this morning and really what we thought that we'd do is um, just open the floor to questions and see where that took us. And I, I imagine that we'll probably use up all the time that we had. And if it doesn't, we're pretty creative about things to do. Last night we came home from the training and we realized there were still a couple people who hadn't had liftings and fortunately they were all with us. So sat around in here and gave them liftings right yeah. here. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was great. So, so I'm glad to be here back with you guys for a little while. So, any questions about <laughs> Fred? Well, you spoke this weekend about the power of commitment about what you know, that it just takes commitment, that there's nothing else involved. Mm -hmm. And I wanted you to speak about that and the power of commitment and what's possible with commitment. Sort of enlarge that a little bit. Would you be willing to speak about what you know or what you're, and I'll, in, and I'll interrupt after a while. But, you know what I mean? Just like go, <laughs> I want to know where you are with that. So you want me to speak about what I know? Yeah, what's what's your interest in this? What have your experiments been? What have you learned so far? Well, I think you know, my largest experiment has, you know, I, I guess it was like a practicum a year ago, two years ago, March, that I did a lifeboat, the lifeboat process in Arizona. And I was really resistant and I didn't want to do that process because it seemed, um, you know, just too painful. How many sticks did you get? Uh, got three. Um, I think there were eight possible, and I got three. That's right. Another. I don't know how it was. I got a few sticks. Just checking. I don't know how painful it was. <laughs> it was hard to do. And what I realized, I wasn't playing like I was clocking out. And then I would play with people that like, became really meaningful when they walked by. Well, anyway, so I got to the process where it was like, why do you need to stay here? And what I realized is that, that how powerful um, the dream for family and, and relationship was for me. So that's what I said. I said, there are, I have unborn children. This relationship that I want to be And so, and at that point, I was questioning everything in my life. And so, Everything turned upside down after that. And I had a couple of car wrecks and speeding tickets, and I've never had anything like that. And I just, I was late all the time. I just let my whole 
things started reordering, and I wasn't committing to anything. And so, because I was testing, I felt like I was testing, and then finally, in like the fall of last year, I just woke up one day and said, this isn't working. This testing isn't working, so how about if relationship is possible today? And I had that conversation with myself, today it's possible. And I woke up and I just started from there. And I had to remind myself every day, today relationship is possible. And within eight weeks of that, I found myself in the middle of a relationship with Mary that I wasn't sure how it had started and where it was going. And a month and a half later, I was engaged to be married. And now, a year later, I'm married. So I know that that came from me waking up that morning and saying, relationship is possible. And then just every commitment after that. So that I know that about commitment. And, and I feel like in my life, I'm testing again. Like I know the challenge for me is to, to step up and play at a higher level. On, in every area, it's like I'm in the same place in every arena in my life. And it's like the call is to just step up and play again at a higher level. And so I'm ready to do that. And, and I know that it's about just committing to it. But, but what I wanted, I wanted to be reminded of, like, the power of that and to hear people's, what people had to say about commitment, especially what you had to say about the power of commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, if I start to talk about commitment, it, it's a real short conversation. It's just it's sort of the mechanics of commitment. And I, um, so I'd like maybe it's, you know, we'll get some more questions about it. Like maybe I'll say something a little short right now, and then people can start asking questions because I think um, it's an, a very, very important consideration because of the, of the power of it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say some stuff and then we'll ask some questions. So can, yeah. <coughs> First I wanted to say that uh, the principle that you used that you didn't talk about was called minimizing your now. And have, has, any, has everybody heard that? Anybody know that one? Cindy! <laughs> Would you care to explain the principle of minimizing now? Sure. Generally, we expand our now to include the past and the future, and it's very, very big. Like, I've never had a relationship, and relationship, you know, I can't imagine having a relationship, you know, that I'm going to get married in. You know, I'm gonna, I can't imagine being married. You know, that's our now. And what you did is you woke up in the morning and you said, relationship is possible today, because you just you took the, the past and the, the future part of it and you just went and the now was just a very very short period of time just like what was right in front of you so that's what I understand about minimizing your now it's really just um, bringing it to what's really most immediate and taking as much of the past and the future out of out of your understanding of what now includes great thank you so it's a decision. It's a it's a it's a rewiring of uh, our interpretation of experience because all everything that happens is just happening, but we interpret everything according to our story about ourselves and other people and the world. So most of us interpret the experience of now as a big thing or a long thing, 
in that way, it's very, very easy to create dramas. It's very easy to be a victim, to be overwhelmed, to be excluded, to be superior, to be rejected, to be um, manipulative, whatever, to create all that kind of situation. It's, it's a day-day playground for psychology, that kind of stuff. So in the, in the event this weekend, you may have noticed there was a guy who says, well, I can't, I can't do that now, not now. And then I would wait one moment, and then I was in contact with him, and I said, well, what about now? And he was ready then. Because his now included, included like a year, I don't know how long his now was, but by me being in a very diminished now, um, I was able to ask the question again. Well, most of us, if we, if we, we just buy a person's now, and somebody says not now, we buy it. We just agree with it. We just are automatically hypnotized by a person, another person's definition of their now. We just go, well, that's just not possible for them right now. And their now includes a year or five years or a month or a week or whatever. But um, a possibility for us is to not be hypnotized by another person's limitations. We, we are willing to declare that your limitations are not my limitations. Then we can function in a different arena, even though we're right with them. So it's possible to be in relationship and not agree on um, fundamentals, even fundamentals. But if I'm living in a diminished now, and a now that's um, condensed or minimized, then my experience of reality is a vaster experience than a person who has an expanded now. So what that means is that in a conflict of conversations, when a person says, I can't do this now, and I say, I know that you could do it now, that's a conflict of conversations, and only one of those conversations will prevail in that situation. Then um, if I'm in contact with that person, in relationship with that person, and we continue to communicate, if they don't leave, then the conversation that's going to prevail is mine, because mine is a more inclusive conversation. It's more fluid. It has more possibility. It's more flexible. Like, I can shift now, and I can shift now, and I can shift now, and they're still stuck in the same now, because they're big. And that means, really, I can run circles around them. So, when you start to engage this level of reality, which is the same level of reality that commitment can occur in? that's where we're going is that. When, when you're engaging reality at the level of a minimized now, then you're, you have the capacity to run circles around someone else. And what that looks like to the other person is that you can actually do magic. What, what's possible for you is not possible for them. The thing about magic is that one person may experience something as magic, and to another person that same thing is just technology. So one person's magic is another person's technology. And um, the technology, when technology advances, it becomes more sophisticated and elegant through complexity, more interwoven, more subtle. Um, the voltages that are running in electronics used to be, you know, 100 volts, and then they have some 12-volt stuff, and then 9-volt stuff, and then 5-volt stuff. And the, the electronics now, well, the electronics a couple of years ago was running, they, they, they took it down to 3 point something volts, 3.2 volts, because 
5 was just arcing. So when 5 volts arcs, that means things are so close together that a 5 volt potential can jump across. I mean, I don't know how many microns 5 volts can arc across, but it's it's very, very tiny gap. So that was too much. They had to take it down to 3 volts or 1.5 volts or something. And so we're, we're controlling huge, vast amounts of information very quickly using very small voltages so it's become more subtle and complex. So it's the same it's the exact metaphor for, you know, Don Juan. Don Juan compared to Carlos Castaneda. Put those two guys together, Don Juan's functioning at 1.5 volts and Carlos is up there at 15 or something. And, and there's, there's um, it's just a matter of an experience of time or possibility or moments or what can happen in any given situation if you're experiencing experiencing it at a at a finer, more subtle level, then more is possible for you. So you can create more. So the idea of minimizing your now is something that you can do simply by making a decision about it. And that puts you into a domain of experience that's distinct from somebody who hasn't minimized their now, which makes you a leader. And it also gives you the capacity to control and manipulate. So if you're worried about your gremlin coming out and controlling and <coughs> dominating and manipulating situations, um, and you give it the ability to minimize now, you, um, yeah, you just have to be aware that you can choose the dark side of the force and be at the effect of unconscious interpretation and unconscious purposes, serving those unconscious purposes, that um, the higher the technology that you have, the more the temptation is to do evil um, in the name of just having a good time or just unconsciously. So really commitment is the same kind of thing. People think of commitment as a vast it's, it's almost the equivalent of, of experiencing now. If your commitment is vast, if, you, if your now is vast, then when you commit, it would be a huge, uh, like for, for uh, forever mountainous, impossible, you know, I can't commit to that because I, I'm going to die. You know, I can't complete that. I can't commit to that because I'm going to fail. Because it's, because, you know, there's really a vastness of, um, of like opposition to the principle of commitment, but that's only if you take it in an expanded version of now. So if you're able to take your now and minimize it, then you can commit as you experienced. You can commit today. So committing today is <coughs> still a bad, it's a big now. And if, if you minimize your now to one moment, moment is, I would never measure how long a moment is. I think it changes in situation to situation. Sometimes a moment is really quick, like in sports or something. The moment is just really, those are the moments that the, you know, basketball player, man, when it opens, when it opens up between two guys and he moves through, the moment's just like that. It's way too fast for thinking, way too fast for figuring it out. You just, it's a, you're, you're, you just, you can see it. I was, uh, we had training up here in Springfield, Missouri, doing the gap process we, we, with a partner and trying to get the other partner to laugh. And if they can't, if they are in a place where they 
don't laugh, where they're not affected by your attempts to get them to laugh, then one possibility is that they found the gap. So there was a man who was, uh, um, he, he, he seemed to not really connect to most of everything that was happening in the training. However, um, in that particular process, it came out that he was a, really an expert or master about being able to be in the gap. And I saw that, and I walked across the room, and I said, like, you just see him he's sitting in the gap, the flow, you know, this space, like, it's completely just there, totally present, completely awake and aware, and right here, and completely unaffected by the other person's attempts to get him to laugh. And I just walked up to him, and I said, hi. He said, hi. I said, looks like you're familiar with this place. He goes, you ever ride a horse in a rodeo? <laughs> and I went, nope. <laughs> and, it, and he says, I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, there's this moment when, when you get on the horse in the, 